Hey everybody, how you doing? Today is going to be awesome. Honore, how are you? I am fabulous. Any day that starts with a shoulder workout is oh. a good day. Shoulder workout. Was it okay? Is it just shoulders or was it like shoulders and arms? It was shoulders with hit. So it was like two shoulder exercises and then burpees. Cause you know, you don't use your shoulders while you're doing burpees. <laughs> <laughs> never <laughs> never no so just That's shoulders awesome. just all points of the shoulders and so then it was you know then they had to make the the decision every woman has to make after a workout which is do i wash my hair uh yeah yeah see i'm italian that's never like a decision to be made you just have to <laughs> Right, 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 right. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to be like, hey, you know, just like sheen. <laughs> yes, yes. So thank, thank, thank the good Lord above for dry shampoo and an updo. There you go. Yeah, yeah, because I can't lift my arms. <laughs> and I haven't had a problem with that for quite some time because I've been shaving my head since 2005. You know, I would say one of these days I'm going to show up with a shaved head, but I'm not. <laughs> the Sinead O'Connor look? Nope, not going to happen. I'm not going to do a Demi Moore in in uh, Seal, whatever that movie was. Yeah, she was the Navy Seal in that in that yeah. movie. You know, yeah. if people don't, if people aren't catching our '90s references, GI Jane, GI yeah. Jane the movie it's a great movie y'all yeah so it's gi jane and then we've also referenced sinead o'connor says two 90s right pop culture references for those that's right who don't think that honore and i remember that time period right we're much <laughs> too young for that yeah yeah i mean i was just a kid <laughs> yep yep i won't say anything about what i was doing in the 90s I'm joking. I was definitely not a kid. I mean, kid right? compared to yeah. who I am today, but <laughs> um, anyway, so what, what's new in your world creative wise? Um, I am working on slowly but surely uh, two books. So the next book that I'm releasing, which will be as we record this next month. So in June of 23, hmm. write your first nonfiction book, a primer for non- uh, aspiring nonfiction authors, um, and also writing. So putting the finishing touches on that, getting the artwork and all the, you know, doing all the things, writing my advanced reader team email sequence and setting up my pages and getting my labels ready for all the things, doing my marketing action plan from you must market your book and then writing, you must monetize your book. Mm which will be a January 24 release. You must monetize. Yeah. I love it. And yeah, so that'll be like turning your book into multiple income streams, all that kind of stuff. So you're basically on like a book a quarter schedule for 23. Yeah, I had seven books, including workbooks scheduled for this year. And then one I decided to bump completely hmm to an unknown date because I really want to get some more experimental time under my belt about it. Um, the first, so you must monitor, you must market your book, the best-selling book formula and write your first nonfiction book. So January, March, June. 
And then my September book is the monetized book, which I moved to January because I really do want to write fiction. And there are only so many hours in the day. And I decided that people could wait to monetize their books. And if they didn't want to wait, they could take the course that goes along with it that already exists. Yeah. Build a million dollar book business. And so there's that. Also the mastermind, right? We have mastermind, we have EBMC, like there are a few things I'm doing. So I just decided that the then that another book could wait for this year. So yes, I was on about a book uh every other month for this wow. year, skipping summer. But I just pushed that last one uh into the next year instead of pushing it to November. I thought I'll just wait till January 24, give myself a little break, break, write some fiction. Have a new fiction idea I'm rolling around in my head. I have to keep like, I have a bunch of Google Docs that are like my outlines for each yeah. one of the fiction ideas because yeah. uh, I will just, yeah, I just, they just never stop coming. And I'm like, they don't. I want to do this. I want to do that. And I got to like stay focused. So I've got them in a row. So I can't get to the next one until that yeah. one's done. <laughs> I know we have a topic, but sometime we'll have to do a, we'll have to have a conversation about people who are scared someone's going to steal their idea because they're like, I have an idea. And they'll go, I'll tell you about my book, like a, a, a concierge client, right? A doing a bespoke book. And they'll go, I I, I want to tell you about my book, but I need you to sign a non-disclosure. And I just kind of laugh and go, okay, I'm so not going to steal your idea. No one's going to steal your idea. <laughs> not only that, but there is no way someone's going to come up with this same story I'm writing. Right. I'm just saying like, yeah. people are very afraid that other people are going to steal their ideas. I think you're more likely to have someone steal your company than your idea. That's true. Right. Once you put something in place, somebody will steal that, but like, they don't understand the hard work that goes into building something. They are not going to steal your idea and then go write 80,000 words and go through the, the construction process, the editing process, the revision process, the publishing process, all of that. If somebody is going to steal your idea, they're lazy. <laughs> <laughs> and that means, yeah, one, they're never going to get all that done. Two, That's right. They're never going to get all that done. <laughs> just having like, you know, arced my own stories. I have a hard enough time keeping up with my own story writing. There's no way someone's going to put all those yeah. pieces together that same way right. and make it, uh, anywhere near reflecting that story. And then, and the minute you think that's going to happen. Think about how novel an idea you really think you're having compared to everyone who's ever written a book before you. I mean, it's like, right. I, I agree no with you. unique ideas, of... right? There are like 12 main ideas and everything is an offshoot of that. So yeah. anyway, what are we talking about? We're going to talk about, you must market your book. Okay. All right. right. We've, we've Excellent. done a couple of videos where we've covered the first five chapters of the book. All right. Um, but not only were you and I meaning to talk about um, email list building and marketing and maximizing your email list for your book. Um, anyways, right, we were gonna, we were talking about that anyways in our own business, but yep. that just so happens to be the next chapter of the book. And so it's very timely. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what it is about this time of year, but I'm just seeing all these email offers flying around from all the you know, the names right now saying, here's how you build your email list. Here's how you do these things. And mm. I just love that in your book, you kind of lay out tried and true. It's not gimmicky. It's just like, this is what actually has worked for my business and my book launches. Um, and I was hoping we could talk about that a bit today. So sure. you want to, you want to dive into the, um, uh, 
why building the email list is so important in the first place? Yes. Well, interestingly, I met with another publishing person yesterday. I was at an event of publishing professionals and I was talking to a gentleman and he said, you know, I don't know if you know, he didn't know me very well. So he's like, I don't know if you know, but your email list is so important and you want to sell direct. A lot of the big names are now selling their books direct and they're having their books being fulfilled through a third party instead of print on demand through the big, you know, Amazon or Ingram. And he said, and having your email list is really important. He's like, do you have an email list? And I'm like, I have an email list. And, you know, we, he was just talking about how whenever somebody buys your book or anything that you sell through a third party, whether it's Amazon or it's Redbubble, right? Whatever. Um, those companies don't give you the contact information of your customer. So having an email list, first of all, like having an email service, right? That's the first thing. And then having uh, an email strategy, which I think we'll get to shortly, is really important. It's the way that you own your relationships and your way into their inbox. And so there are two ways really to connect with people directly. And one is through their email inbox or through their phone, right? So call or text, we're really not gonna, I'm not gonna call and go, did you get your book? Did you read it? <laughs> to someone that I don't know. But people can join your email list and you actually own your email list. It is the, it is the thing that you own. So right. very important to have a, a communication process that you own. And, and it, you know, I was just talking to a, to a client this morning about their email list and they were a little discouraged because, you know, there's only X number on their list. And I said, we've only been building it since December. And, you know, this thing is something you're going to build for years. So, you know, it's it, the quality of the list really matters. I'm sure we'll talk about that. But, you know, it's not just this number of people that you have. It's the right people on that list. And, so important. you know, that was what the genesis of our conversation was, is how do you get those right people? And she has a very niche business in a very, very, very particular industry. Um, and so I told her, I said, you know, you're dealing with a small pool of people in the grand scheme of things anyways, compared to like many other industries that are out there that are just flooded. Right. So that's cool because your industry has kind of pre-screened your list a little bit for you. Now you just need to get people onto that list in, a, in an organic way that helps them know, like, and trust you. Um, and I love that about your approach in the book because uh, you said that every author that you know that's successful has a tool belt. And on that tool belt, there are several things, their email list, at least one tool that can help them write better and faster, a website, their preferred writing software, and coffee, <laughs> which, or tea, right? All right? Here we go. I got two cups. And of all those things on your list, I love that you put the line right after that. So for those of you who looked at the first one and cringed a little bit, which by the way, that was an email list. Um, you should be assured. And it's for that very reason that this is the thing you're going to own that helps you stay in direct contact with the right people in your business and yeah. establish that no like and trust factors. Um, and it's so, I think it's so critical that people embrace that part of the email list first because it's really easy to move right past that and yeah. jump right into like how many people are on your list. And, and you how and I've had conversations. are on your list? What's the open rate? Right. What's the 
what's the conversion, like all the things that turn people into numbers, which I don't like very much. Right. I don't like that very much. I understand that we want to have traffic and we want to convert them, but I cannot train my brain to think about the people who come and watch this video as traffic. Right. Nor am I wanting to convert them or you, right? I don't want to convert you. I'd like to connect with you. And if possible, I would like to serve you. Right. But I don't look at you as traffic, although I understand that you have to call them something, right? <laughs> so I would call you viewers. Right. And I hope that we are adding value. And that means you will become a connection and maybe a customer or client. Right. It's just different language, but they don't have the viewer and customer conference. They have the traffic and conversion conference, which I on uh, just on principle cannot attend because I can't look at people as traffic. And mm -hmm. so I, I think having that relationship with people and being in their inbox lends itself to so many magical happenings later when you don't look at people as a number not just a number, right. although that's how we keep score. It's like, I get on the scale and the scale gives me a number. And sometimes the scale is crankier than other days, but it's a thing. It's not a human. That's the difference, right? right? So we keep track with numbers of how many books we've sold and how many courses we've sold and how many people sign up for something or how, how many dollars we make. But I think once you can go, okay, well, that's how we keep score. That's all fine and good. But now let's talk about what's the connection. What's the relationship we have. I think then you get into like, then how do you make your email, which is why I, I like Jeff so much. Jeff Felton so much is he's like a human. It's a S H S E a human sending an email. And I went, Oh, I love that message so much because yeah. it's so important to look at the fact that I'm a human sending an email to another human. Right. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know how else to to establish that no like and trust in an engaging and interactive way, outside of communicating directly with somebody. And the email gives you the ability to do that when you can't be face to face. Um, also, it's on their time, right? They open that email when they when they can, not necessarily when the phone rings. Um, so. I really like in the book that you make a point about why this is so important over social media. And what brings that up is you, you brought up numbers, right? So people are worried about the number of people that they have on their email list, but that's normally um, behavior associated with like numbers of connections on LinkedIn or followers or whatever um, on any of these social media platforms. And if you just get immersed in the numbers, um, and not necessarily what's happening with those people that represent those numbers, you lose, you lose sight of the fact that, you know, on those social media accounts can be taken from you against your will tomorrow. Right. Today. Yeah. I mean, and, and you, you don't have any way to recover that list. You don't have any way to reach those people directly in short order. Um, and the email that you were talking about owning your email list, that is the value of that, right? Like you have that security, you have those email addresses, those first and last names, and those relationships that you've, you've, you've formed in a less public setting than right. social media normally allows and with a lot more security than social media. Um, and I think it's just important to note that like, even though social media may bring those people to you, it, it's no substitute for having 
that email list. Right. It's important to have a social media presence, I believe. Mm -hmm. But I have on my social media, everywhere you look at me, I have a way for people to connect with me in a place and in a way that creates a relationship. Right. Because I don't own those social media sites. Therefore, I have no control over whether they decide I'm worthy or unworthy of being on the site, whether they're going to post my um, posts or let me keep them up or anything like that. And so I look at it like a total bonus. If someone discovers me on social media or they go and they discover me somewhere else and they look me up and then they follow me, that's a total bonus. But I ultimately, I want the right people to join my email list so that we can develop a relationship and see if there might be something else we can do later. Right. So how do you get them on that list? I mean, what are you doing to uh, grow your list today? I gave my, my client call. I gave, I gave my client one, one, um, one thing she, she doesn't uh, currently, she's very young in her business. She doesn't currently offer any free lead magnets and anything on her website that you can download, go visit anything. So I think that the natural like progression for a lot of entrepreneurs is to start with like freebies, right? Like things you can give away, checklists, templates, eBooks, which always makes me cringe when someone says eBook, because I know what they're giving away is not a real book. Yeah. It's just like a downloadable PDF that they wrote and it's like not book quality stuff. So I'm just going to say a downloadable, (laughs) unless it's a real copy of your real book. Right. So I used to give away, you must write a book, but I realized that that wasn't getting, that was getting people on my main email list, but it wasn't, um, It wasn't the lead magnet that I wanted. So more recently, I created an eight-day write your book challenge, which gets people kind of off the couch and into the writing chair. Mm, I like that. By giving them, you know, 15 to 20 minutes or less per day for eight days, things that they can do to really kind of move the needle on their book where they feel like, oh, I've really started the project now. And then they go on to my regular list. And that is the high content daily you know, media information um, that is, I believe, based on feedback, getting the no like and trust factor handled. Right. <laughs> right. And so yeah. people were finding out about that through your social media and through your website, yes. correct? Correct. Yeah. So I have that on the front of my website and then I have it pinned to the top of my Twitter feed in my bio on Instagram and in my bio on Facebook, as well as pinned and it mentioned in my LinkedIn profile. So I have it in those four places so that wherever someone finds me, they're going to get the same message that I have this free eight day, write your book challenge. And it seems to be working. So I have a few people every day that are opting into that. So we'll see what happens. We'll see if, you know, I get more traffic and there's more conversion, but ultimately I'm interested to know if that's something people want and if it makes a difference, right? So I'm asking questions throughout the series, like, is this moving the needle for you? Is this helping to answer your questions and help you to get unstuck? Because I want people to go from being an aspiring author to being an author. That's my goal. So I created this challenge so that they could get enough done in eight days so it would move the needle. I love it. So you're using an eight-day email-based challenge. Right. So that engages them directly on email. It's not just like a lead magnet capturing their email address right. and then providing them a different product. You're actually using email as the product as well, which I love. Yeah. And um, it trains them that they're going to get valuable information every day for me. Now, my emails right. that come Monday through Friday with a recap on Saturday are designed to take no more than two or three minutes to read. 
So you can get a cup of coffee, you can sit down, you can read the email, you're going to go, oh, this is valuable information I will use. If I don't use right. it today, because that's not where I am in my book process, I will use it someday. But it's valuable information that they can use. And then it's two or three minutes and they're done. I It takes me two minutes to heat up my cup of coffee in the microwave after I've let it cool. So that's what I feel like people have. I feel like busy people have two minutes here and there to read something valuable and get valuable. So there's no fluff. It's all me. I think that's what people want. Awesome. Yeah, I love that. Um, and, and so in your book, you talk about um, some of the key fundamentals to doing to, you know, to having an email list that functions one, you have to have a provider, um, you list a couple of providers in there. Um, but I love the point that when you say, look, when you choose, however, you're going to provide these emails, whether you're choosing Kartra, Keep, ConvertKit, MailChimp, whatever, it's a, it's a professional platform that has this intended design purpose, but you're also thinking long-term about it, right? Um, cause you had switched at some point and I've even done that in the, you know, very early for painful. me. And I was, yeah, it, it is painful. Um, and so you want to kind of think long-term when you make the choice in the first place. Yep. Um, and then I think you make a really important note that I don't hear a whole lot of people talk about, which is why I want to call it out real quick. Cause we only have a little bit left time to talk about it, but I love that you pick a specific topic or topics right? You are very intentional about saying, when you sign on to this newsletter, I'm going to talk about this thing or these things. Yep. And it's not just this smorgasbord of misdirection or whatever. You just feel like that morning you have, like I sign up for Honoré's email list. I know I'm going to learn about books, book marketing, self-publication, all the things that that community wants to hear. Yep. Every aspect of thing is what I cover in in a year's time so it's a year of non-repeat content love it two minutes a day two to three minutes a day that's what i that's what i do now you do that format you do the daily distro which by the way i read every one of them every day and then i have a folder that's set aside for honoré's newsletters oh my because God. guys i'm telling you right now if you're on anyone's newsletter of any value and you don't have time to read it don't leave it in your inbox and don't put it in trash, put it in a folder like that. And when you can come back to it, you have all of them in order, the whole trove of valuable information yeah. sitting there. Um, I, I love that about your email. And while I'm a weekly email distro, I appreciate your daily emails. Um, and yeah. my weeklies are, uh, are, are a longer form email, but they come out once a week and yours are a little bit shorter form. Yours about half the length by time to read mine are about four to five minutes yours are two minutes yep. and yours are daily so there's a couple of different formats that people can think about what works best for them um i really uh find both of them helpful and i love that you have the saturday recap in case people don't want the daily email they can go to the saturday recap yeah i was finding people unsubscribing and saying too many emails and i thought well what if i could still have my daily because i have a, a lot of other people that say I get my cup of coffee. I sit down with your email. I journal about it. I make notes. I add to my plan. So I didn't want to take away their joy. I didn't want to lose subscribers for people who thought there were too many. So I just decided, let me just do a Saturday recap. And that way they can click on the ones that look interesting. They can kind of scroll up and down the main page and see what they want to read and what they don't want to read. Love it. 
Yeah. And, and also I spent a lot of time curating the content. I got very intentional and I think this is a great place to leave the email conversation. Maybe we come back to it another time. Yeah. But I spent some time really considering what it would take to provide a fully comprehensive arc for my readers and provide it in that bite-sized pieces. Because if I tried to cover all of that in one email, like doing the recap as one email and just doing one email a week, it's a lot of information in the brain says one, two, three, many. Mm. So if you can give just a couple of meaty ideas and then move on, and that no one's to say you have to have a weekly email or a daily email, you can have twice a week, you can have once a month, as long as it's consistent. But for me, I made the decision to curate the content and put it in order so that it, it there's a continuous flow. Gotcha. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, guys, yeah. Honoré, thank you so much for sharing uh, your insights from the book about email marketing. Um, keep your guys, uh, keep your eyes and ears peeled for a future episode where we'll continue the conversation about chapter six of You Must Market Your Book on email. And uh, appreciate you guys joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe. If you're not currently um, subscribed to the podcast, go check out the podcast. We're on all the platforms, including Spotify and Apple and Google and all the places. So we would love it if you guys could follow us here on YouTube, follow us here on your favorite podcast subscriber or, or sorry, podcast platform. And um, yeah, know it, like us, trust us, join us, all the all things. The things. <laughs> yeah. Thanks so much to everybody. We appreciate you watching. Have a great day.